Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is July 12th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm chilling. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, let's see here. I really don't have any, you know, stunning stellar food corner news. Uh, you know, no, no, real, no real gutsy personal news. So, um, you can go ahead and just do a little startup, if you will. Ooh-wee. Okay. Uh, from the Associated Press... Jury picked in trial of Las Vegas police officer accused of stealing 165k in trio of casino heists. So this story has like just so many elements to it that I really just they they draw my eye. Um, let's see here. We can go ahead and just get into it. A Las Vegas police officer accused of carrying out a trio of casino heists will face trial after a jury was finalized Monday afternoon. Opening opening statements are set to begin Tuesday with prosecutors for the federal government expected to paint Caleb Rogers as a gambling addict who grew increasingly desperate under under a crush of debt. The trial is anticipated to last through the end of the week. Man, they're going to get through this shit quick, apparently. Um, But uh, Rogers, who is 35 years old, is accused of stealing $165,000 in robberies over four months at casinos off the Las Vegas Strip. In in at least one of the heists, he was armed with a weapon issued by the police department, prosecutors have said. Now... I'm not sure if they're just saying, like, the one time, which was, like, the last one, because essentially he pulls out a weapon, and it's like, hey, guys, is it it worth it? And essentially the security's like, fuck you, and they disarm him, or at least they go for the gun, and, you know, he doesn't pull the trigger or whatever, and he winds up, you know, getting apprehended. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this shit just has all the shit I'm into. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I have, um, you know, Rogers is one of my thumbnail pictures. I'm, like, he looks, like, made for it. And I, I don't mean that in, like, some kind of derogatory way. Like, oh, he looks like a criminal. No, I mean, like, like in the way, like, like I could see Jeremy Renner or something playing him in some movie. Like, this dude just looks like the story just is made for TV or made for movies. This feels like Las Vegas Point Break, but it's solo. Also, that makes me think, too, because I'm just thinking about heists, like, doing these kind of high-stress situations by yourself just seems so, like, overwhelming. I I just couldn't do it. Uh, So the fact that this guy was able to pull it off multiple times, I mean, in that regard, is very impressive. Uh, That being said, I guess he kind of got done in. I mean, he had a good, like kind of, uh, I guess you could say, like, heist outfit. 
you know, he had like hoodie gloves on, he had a mask on, like a, like almost like uh, like a COVID mask or whatever, face mask. And, you know, he would be running in and he would shake, you know, these casinos down for their money. And he would, I'm not sure if um, he ever had to pull out a weapon, but maybe he just told him that they were armed. But essentially, he'd, you know, load up all the money into his jacket. So I guess to maybe just be less conspicuous. But the problem was, like, I guess in each of these situations, you're robbing a casino. Like, armed or not, like, you're going to be on camera one way or another. So, like, yeah, he was covered. You couldn't see him. But he had a certain kind of gait, uh, like a walk to him. He walked with a limp. So, you know, the fact that you're pulling off so many of these things... Even though I, I, he was giving a bit of a cool down, not too much, uh, I, I think it kind of wind up catching up to him. And, I mean, literally he did get caught. Uh, also, his brother is implicated. I should have his name, and I don't. Whoopsie. But his brother is implicated. And his brother, and I think some other, I guess there was another main witness, um, is flipping on him. And I think the way his brother is implicated is he used his brother's car to like get away like his getaway car and then after told him to like hide it josiah rogers there it is and um you know rogers attorney's like oh well the the evidence is pretty weak like the case isn't strong uh the the witnesses were pressured it's like well yeah you're pressured because you're facing jail time because you're technically an accomplice like at the end of the day i don't think this is bolding well for caleb rogers doesn't look good uh, you know, I'll definitely keep you posted on, uh, the updates, but, I mean, yeah, it, definitely interesting, whole ass fucking situation, the fact that it's not one, but two, I think, like, three heists, like, casino shit, shit, man, I, I would definitely watch this movie, not gonna lie to you. Alright, um, let's move along here, from the Detroit Free Press. Aretha Franklin's handwriting document found under couch is valid will. Jury rules. A 2014 document handwritten by Aretha Franklin and found under a couch cushion after her death is a valid will. A jury decided Tuesday afternoon. A, the decision by the six-person jury capped a two-day trial in Oakland's, Oakland County Probate Court as... Franklin's five-year estate saga nears an end. The jury deliberated for less than an hour. That's pretty quick. Uh, Keckliff Franklin on hand with three of his children, the Queen of Souls' grandchildren, was jubilant after the verdict. He stands to benefit in a big way from the development, including taking sole ownership of her multi-million dollar Bloomfield Hills home. Uh, now there is some, you know, things that still need to be left like to work out. Uh, judge Jennifer Callahan, uh, has two wills at hand. There is the 2014, uh, four page document that was validated Tuesday by a jury, but then there's also a 2011 page, uh, 2010 document that was agreed by Franklin Sons to be a valid will. So they kind of have to go through both parts and say, Okay, what supersedes this will, you know, what can we just say, hey, we can amend this so that everything it works out, or maybe we can't, and maybe yes, like all of the 
10 document has to kind of just be, you know, revoked. But we'll see. Like, we can, you know, go through all this. So it's, it's not quite done yet. But the home was a big deal. And apparently in the writing of the 2014 document, it is said that it's going to go to Keckliff and his family. You know, they're going to be able to live there. Uh, but it was between Keckliff Franklin and Edward Franklin. Uh, they wanted the 2014 will to st- to stand, take priority. And then there was son Ted White, who was against it, hoping for an even split of the assets. So essentially even the estate, like the home estate uh, getting split up, I imagine, is what they wanted or what he wanted. Uh, but, I mean, when I kind of hear how everything kind of broke down with the document... And the fact that you hear that the document is written, like it's signed by a, you know Aretha Franklin, and it has a little smiley face towards the bottom, uh, you know, and that's the 2014 document. So even though yes, it was found, uh, you know, in a couch cushion, I believe it was found by one of the family members while they were cleaning out the estate. It's still valid, you know. That's just that's how wills work. You can literally write your shit on a napkin. And, you know, if it has the right, you know, things on it and, and the state, you know, depends, you know, the state law can vary, but overall, it's probably an account. So, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that it fell out this way. And it, it does seem like it's overall for the good. Uh, in terms of her music, uh, it's going to be split evenly. So that's good. Uh, also, I believe the eldest has um, learning disabilities and wasn't involved in the trial, but everyone's agreed that like he's going to be taken care of. So that's good. It seems like overall this is a really good feel-good piece. It just seems that like, hey, we had two wills and we had two parties saying like, I feel like this one matters more than the other. Or at least they wanted to get, you know, clarification or whatever. So I don't want to, you know, villainize one party or the other here. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, Ruth Franklin, Flowers, I'm sure, you know, she would be happy to know that, you know, this is getting resolved, you know, amicably, more or less, it seems. So, yeah. Um, In some bad money moves, let's go over to CNN. Bank of America accused of opening fake accounts and charging illegal junk fees. Uh, I found out today, what is it, Bank of America is the second biggest bank in America? Which is kind of, you know, damn, that's kind of a bummer. Your Bank of America in your second place? Damn. Damn. Uh, Chase is first. Not that that matters. I mean, we've talked about Chase a good amount on this podcast. <laughs> Not too savory. Uh, but federal regulators said Tuesday they found that Bank of America harmed customers by double dipping on fees without credit card rewards and opening fake accounts, all of which are violations of various Uh, consumer financial protection laws yeah it seems pretty fucked up as a result the consumer financial protection bureau or the cfb cfpb ordered bank of america uh, to pay more than 100 million to customers and 90 million in penalties the office of comptroller of currency or the occ also ordered Bank of America to pay uh, $60 million in fines. So they're paying out a lot. 
also apparently they kind of preemptively took out their um, overdraft fees. They just zeroed them because they saw this trial coming and were like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, we're probably not winning this. So let's just get ahead of it. But I mean, they were literally double dipping. And like when I initially heard double dipping, I'm like, that just sounds bad. That doesn't sound good. But essentially they were saying that customers would get hit with a $35 fee. Now they did go to later scale that down to, I believe, $10 and then to zero. But they essentially get hit with this $35 fee. And then if whoever was charging this overdrafted account tried to do it again, they would then get hit again with another $35 fee over the same transaction. So I could not imagine opening my shit and being like, okay, whoa, 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 wait, wait a second, wait a minute. Like, yeah, I'm fucked up here on a, on a charge and, you know, or the bill came out and I wasn't expecting it. Now I'm overdrawn, fuck. But like, imagine that happening like multiple times and you're waking up to all of that kind of damage. That's crazy. Um, to try to stack that kind of shit and get away with it is really nasty. Now, I feel like from just listening to this story, reading it, um, bank, you know, BOA is not alone here. Like, I, I can vaguely recall, um, you know, growing up, and I have, you know, I've had my bank for as long as I've had it, um, but they would do dumb shit, like, oh, if you would draw so many times in a month, like cash withdraws, we'll do, like, a fee, like, and I'd always would think, like, what do you mean? Like, you're charging me for taking out my own fucking money? And there's so many of these fucking kind of fees, right? Like, it's so annoying. It's so gnarly to have to deal with. Um, and I do think it's something that the Biden administration has tried to say, like, hey, in all ways, in all aspects, we really want to try to, like, push that kind of shit out. Like, that shit shouldn't be in our economy. Um, and uh, that's something I, I do respect. I do like. Um but, I mean, at the end of the day, this is some shit that they can pay. Um, I am glad that uh, the customers are going to get a chance to get some money. I believe that they are going to be posting on their their website. Um, let's see. Later this month, the CFPB will post on its website the point of contact for – or the point of contact at BOA for further consumer inquiries. So hopefully, you know, if you've banked with the BOA, hopefully you're getting your bag soon, getting a little bit of money, a little payola. But um, yeah, man, shit's whack. And hopefully we see less junk fees in life and not more. Um, all right, we got one more thing to cover before I let you go. All right, so I'm going to take my little break here. Okay, Um, from Reuters, Microsoft's 69 (coughs) billion dollar (coughs) Activision deal (coughs) gets U.S. judge go ahead. U.K. softens opposition. So... Last we left off, <coughs> the um, UK had more or less said, look, we're not feeling this. This smells like a monopoly. We're not okay with it. 
the FDC had came out and said, we also don't like it. We we are, you know, in unison here. We're in lockstep. But um, a judge has ruled otherwise. Uh, U.S. District Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley in San Francisco rejected the Biden administration's contention that the deal would hurt consumers by giving Xbox game console maker Microsoft exclusive access to games, including the best-selling Call of Duty. Now, just a quick catch-up if you know you haven't listened, whatever. Um, that's okay. I don't. I forgive you. Um, with this Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal, essentially Microsoft was going to move to like buy them out. Sixty-nine million. Sixty-nine billion. Sixty-nine billion dollars with a B. Um, they were going to buy them out. I mean, this contract though is kind of, I don't want to say chump change, it's adequate, it's a good contract, uh, you know, it's a good money move, but I mean, it would just be such a shakeup in the sense of, well, now they have so many of these game titles, like it's Call of Duty, that's a big title, there's Candy Crush, which I mean, maybe it's not big to you or I, but like, I'm sure if you have a kid or know any kind of child, that's a game on your phone they're going to want to play around with, you know what I mean? They also have, like, World of Warcraft. There's a slew of titles. But also beyond that layer, there is cloud gaming. And it's something that with the amount of, you know, in-house technology and, you know, shit that they already have, it would give them a head start ahead of so many other companies like, you know, Nintendo and Sony. I don't know why I said so many companies. I don't think there's that many in the, in the sphere. Maybe I'm wrong there. Whatever. But essentially... That's no good. Like, to, I don't like that because at the same time, I've seen Sony and, you know, Microsoft go back and forth over exclusive rights over things like Call of Duty before um, to the chagrin of the customer, you know, because it's like, uh, now I have to play on PlayStation and I didn't want to play on PlayStation at all. I, I wanted to like play on PC and I can't. Um, shit like that can happen. But for cloud gaming to like specifically to be so honed in in one space under Microsoft, to me, doesn't sit well. But, I mean, Microsoft has kind of said, hey, you know, let's just, we're already going to throw out some, you know, peace offerings here. We're going to say Call of Duty is going to be, you know, for everyone. We're going to work with Sony for sure. We locked in a 10-year deal with Nintendo, so you can play Call of Duty on your Switch. Um, I mean, those are big moves. That's important. But, I mean, I think there's more money to be made down the road. We're talking, like, hundreds of billions of dollars in this sphere. And, you know, potentially, you know, Sony and Nintendo are going to be left out in the cold. Um, but, hey, uh, you know, that that's business, baby. Also, I did want to take this opportunity, since we're kind of talking about, like, FTC and all that kind of shit, Shout out to Lena M. Khan. When I covered the story about Amazon dark patterns, I kind of totally glossed over her role in that in terms of just spearheading saying like, hey, I don't like this. We don't like this. And we want to, you know, do something about it. And, um, you know, she is a, you know, kind of like a rising star, I guess you could say. Um, a British born, a, a British born American legal scholar serving as chairwoman of the federal trade commission since 2021 um yeah so um you know biden appointee 
she spearheaded this, you know, saying like, hey, look, we aren't okay with this merger. We're trying to, you know, fight it. Uh, in terms of whether or not they're going to appeal, it's it's not sure yet, at least for, as of this article. We shall see. But yeah, I, I admire the chutzpah. I admire the gumption. I, I think at least from, you know, these situations I've kind of read and, you know, heard, I, I like what she's doing. So hopefully, um, you know, you, we get more of that, you know, despite the outcome. Uh, also, I think it's weird that uh, Britain or, you know, the UK, sorry, whatever, uh, they switched up, you know, but I also understand that, like, maybe they're saying, like, hey, we figure there's going to be some solidarity here, Aaron, or we don't want to break the ice, and they just left it to the Americans to do it, and they're like, oh, okay, well, we could reconsider, sure, why not, fine, so, okay, whatever, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got for today, if you would like to support the podcast, there are ways, uh, financially, Patreon.com, Isaiah News. Uh, you know, that helps me out, helps out the effort, if you will. Also, uh, gets you newsy status, sorry, brain farts. Uh, gets you shout out on the podcast once a month. And then as well, uh, I'll shout out any kind of promotional thing. You know, you essentially, you know, get some commercial slot time out of me. Um, or just, you know, shout out whatever you want. <laughs> I can say happy birthday to a friend, whatever. It's like a cameo. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Free ways to hit me up. IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on all the socials. Feel free to follow. That's a way to help. That's a way to support uh, also, if you're not subscribed on the YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube. Also, rating all the little stars. Those are great. Shout out to all the people who did that. You're awesome. Uh, f- all the comments, all the all the good, good. That, that, that shit helps. <laughs> Reactions or traction. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.